another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle kyle it feels good to be back can't believe i missed an episode <laughs> how's it yes. going yes welcome back good sir damon has joined us again he's back from training in the alps to become batman is is training complete are you are you batman now give us your best batman voice i'm batman <laughs> i love it <laughs> I'm going for a much more menacing Batman, more just yeah. like straight, like primalistic, just mm-hmm. just fat. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it feels good to be back. You know, did a bachelor party uh, break on the uh, lake. You know, that was a lot of fun. And now I'm back, ready to talk TV, movies, um, and whatever we're doing right now. I completely forgot for a second. But uh, <laughs> Kyle, before we get to that, tell the people what you've been binging lately. Yes. So, um, uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV show, like I knew season three was coming, you know, soon. And I was like, I've never seen the movie. I've seen like bits and pieces of the movie, never seen the show decided I would finally watch the movie. And right now, as we record this, I've seen the movie and I've seen all of season one. So I have season two to catch up on before next week, but dude, it's so good. (laughs) It's hilarious. Guillermo is like my favorite. Oh, I love him. I just want to protect him. He's he's the best. <laughs> um, freaking like everybody, like freaking Laszlo is. They're all hilarious. They're great. Col- and Colin Robinson is sneakily my favorite. Like the, I didn't expect that. So I know him from The Office, obviously, and he's great in that. But then they did the. I think it's like one of the first episodes when they go to the zoning meeting. <laughs> the energy That's all I need to say. It's hilarious because it's just like, yeah, everyone knows someone like that. It's like yeah. <laughs> everyone just gets off on just completely draining all of your vibes and energy. Yeah. It just won't shut up. I love I love Colin Robinson so much. All right, then. Um, How about you? Jing. Let's see. I started a couple shows, so... I've, did I say I've, how long has it been since I started uh, It's Always Sunny? Have we talked about that at all, I think? Yeah, I think the last episode you were on, you mentioned that you had just started it. So like, where are you at now? I just started. <laughs> I'm season 12. Holy shit. Uh, oh my god. So, wow. For one, they're only like 30 minute episodes. That's true. That's very fair. Two, there's only like either 10 to like 12 to like 14 episode seasons. Yeah, that's 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 true. So it's a very quick, fun, easy binge. Uh-huh. And it just reminds me of how shitty the gang is. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Terrible. <laughs> I love and they get worse every season, too. It's somehow because like, they start off so bad already. And in. You're 12 seasons in, they're still getting worse. <laughs> and they, yeah, they reach different levels and they like even start like parodying themselves. And like the callbacks on that show are pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I love the supporting cast so much. 
Oh, Rickety yeah. Cricket is the OG right there. Rickety, Rickety, Rickety. Um, is, his, is the origin episode in season 12? Or is that... I'm hoping I get to it because that is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, so good. And I want to see where it ranks in, in the rankings. Can yep. you guess what number one so far is for me? I, it, it's got to... It's got to be the night, the nightman cometh, right? It's right. It's on brand. <laughs> That's what it is, bitch. <laughs> um, and then I started Stargate SG One, old school. Nice. Uh, watching that with my mom, you know, just take it, watching a couple episodes here and there. That show, like I told Kyle the a couple weeks ago, like a week ago, it's like Star Trek if the U.S. military was running it, which sounds worse than it actually is this is a very optimistic and idealistic u.s military okay okay it's much better than the real thing right so, right i love um, it and yeah i've just been doing that and uh trying to figure out what movie binge I w- i'm going to be doing i'm still trying to trying to figure that out so yeah just you know nice. all the things all the things and stuff all the <laughs> stuff and things um yeah, so Kyle, you want to tell the people what we got next for us? I believe it's a uh, it's some crowning people time. Yes, we are go- going to do our winners circle right now. So we're going to be doing the last two episodes. So because of timing, uh, you know, the last episode you heard the Oscars snubs draft was recorded before the one before it was uploaded. So we didn't have a chance to you know recap voting for that. So we're going to be First, talking about the winner of our 2010s Acolytes of Film episode. So who won that episode, Damon? Yes, I wish we had a producer to play some We Are the Champions right now. <laughs> you know, get us hyped. Uh, get sued also, maybe. Yeah. But coming in first, with a whopping 40 votes, is Kristen. And wow. she's just going to love that so much. <laughs> I hope you're happy right now, Kristen, hearing this. And then a tie, a very rare tie for second place. The D's, Damon and Dominic with 15. And then we got Kyle in last with a nine. Not bad, you know, respectable. But Kristen just Mm -hmm. pretty much kicked our ass on that one. I think she won the 70s episode as well. Yes. Yes, she did. Wow. That's amazing. You know, so... (laughs) All right, and then we move on to the most recent podcast episode for the Oscar snubs. First place, first timer, Leia. Is it Leia? Leah? Leia, right? Leah. Leah. It's spelled Leia, pronounced Leah. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. Not like, <laughs> not like the awesome general, but still an awesome name. Leah <laughs> is first place with 25. Ooh, nice. Kyle in second with 14 and Micah uh with the with the um I'm sorry but with a, with the three three votes Ooh, Micah, you got brutal. three better than none um <laughs> I still have to listen to that episode and and share my opinion on it um I'm very intrigued I, I saw the boards some very interesting picks so I want to see the uh the ideas behind them so yeah but that is our winner circle all right, and now to the episode at hand. So, uh, originally scheduled for 
this week was another episode with our good pal Leah and our good friend Ryan. We we're going to be kicking off. We were going to be kicking off our series um, Stewards of Sound, talking about music in the in the 1950s. Um, that's coming next week or next later this week. But today is a bit of a bonus episode, kind of an impromptu new idea for Damon and me. We're going to be talking about biopics. Um, it's a genre that I told Damon this before. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of biopics. Uh, I don't have anything against them. It just feels like a really boring genre. You know, like I, some of them are good. Most of them are pretty boring, but which is fun because this this is our chance to kind of pitch the ones that would be interesting. Like the, the biopics, we want to see a true story based on some kind of interesting story that we think would merit a film. Um, obviously we'll do what we always do with these type of drafts to kind of talk about the plot, you know, the, maybe a director or an actor or two, but mostly just talking about the general vibes and the plot details of what we're going to be bringing to screen. Um, yeah. And so to decide the draft order, we are going to be playing a list game as always. Let me draw my magic blockbuster card. Sponsored by Blockbuster. And I can say that because they're not going to sue us. Because nothing's <laughs> nothing what are they gonna What are they going to sue us with? <laughs> oh, sorry, Blockbuster. All right, let's see. Okay, this guy's made a lot of biopics. Movies by Steven Spielberg. Um, uh, all right. Are we going you, directed? Pretty much yeah. like... Okay. Yeah, if we do produced, we'll be here all night. <laughs> we really would. All right, you kick us off. Oh, man, I'm going to be so stoner brained on this and be like, wait a second. Is that Spielberg? <laughs> uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Correct. Yeah. OK, uh, let's go with Hook. <sighs> Favorite. Oh, man, I love that movie. E.T. Mm hmm. Let's go with. Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, man, I'm just like, all the movies are Spielberg. All of them are, <laughs> should be Spielberg. All the good ones. That's true. That's um, true. Raiders of the Lost Ark. There we go. Uh, let's go Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The Last Crusade. Out of spite, I'm going to stop there. I'm not even going to mention the fourth one. Um, let's see. Saving Private Ryan. I'm going to go take that fourth one. King of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um... Jaws. Damn it. I was like, I know that one's I, I had to get that one. Oh man. Um Tin Tin? I think that was Spielberg. Yeah, that was Spielberg. Nice. Such a good movie, too. I um, still haven't seen it, actually. I've seen bits and pieces. Wait, wait. Okay, let me look it up because so there is a thing where like the first one was produced by either him or Peter Jackson and directed by the other. And the second, they're switching roles. So let me see which Wait, one did the directing. 
Well, the second one's coming out, and whoever produced is directing now. I thought he, I thought he, he directed the first one. Like I thought that was like a oh, thing. Yes, he did. Okay. okay, so that means Peter Jackson's directing the next one, and he's, pro- he's interesting. Producing. Cool. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Bridge of Spies. Five. God, man, I feel so. Four. Uh, three. Catch me if you can. Was that that? What was nice. that? Nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good one. Love that movie. Um, let's go with the Terminal. Five. Four. That, yeah, this may be where I'm out. Oh, three, man. I'm just blanking at this point. Two. One. Oh. Out. All right. I, mean, I got to think of a, a last one. You have to think of a last one. Oh, um, War of the Worlds. Yep. <laughs> I always I was forget that's him. Like those like 2000 era movies, and I c- couldn't think of anything. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else I was missing. That was, and I'm going to just hate myself. I mean, there's Minority Report. Um, what else? Color Purple. Yeah. Amistad. The Sun. Oh, oh a good one. Uh, I mean, the other, the Lost World, of course. <laughs> AI, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. Munich, Munich. Um, Lincoln. That's the one I was trying to think of. Oh, and yeah. I, I kept passing it in my head, and I was like, did he do Lincoln? He didn't do Lincoln, did he? <laughs> and I, I just couldn't, like, make sh- Oh, duh. And, of course, I was trying to think of the newer ones. Ready Player One was mm-hmm. the one I was trying to... Yeah, I had a couple more in my head, but I wasn't going to get those other ones, those earlier ones. Yeah. The Sugarland um, Express, Firelight. Oh, Sugarland Express. That Yeah, that one's early, early. I think that was like 70s, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay, then. So do you, uh, that means, do you want the first pick or the turn? Yeah. Uh, see, these are always fun with the draft order because there's like no chance of overlap or stealing or anything. So yeah, I'll just take the turn. Cause I kind of want to, I'm just interested to hear what, what you've got for a biopic. All right. Okay. Um, so biopics, when you think of biopics, you usually get a lot of like historical figures. Um, you get a lot of musicians, you know, those are some of the best ones because you get the music to go along with it. You get to see those little creative moments. Um, and one you don't see enough of, honestly, I think, is uh, athletes. I think we need some more athlete biopics. We got a couple, you know, 42 and everything like that. There needs to be, like, some better ones. I think a Michael Jordan one is inevitable down the road at some point. Um, I'm not picking that, though. I'm going to go with someone who is a, a literary icon. Someone who created um, what's considered to be one of the first sci-fi 
uh, novels, possibly. Soft sci-fi. Some people say that. One of the most first horror novels, some some could say, possibly. Creating one of the most iconic horror figures of all time. Um, and I want to go back and see that creative process that cre- that created that that story. So I want a bi- biopic about Mary Shelley. Okay, interesting. Yes, um, I remember it was, um, I think it was my sophomore year in college, and I had a English class, right? And our curriculum was essentially just like English lit, right? So did a lot of really great English writers, and one of them, of course, was Mary Shelley. And they were just talking about how pretty much like her, her husband, their friends who are all writers and poets, would just pretty much get really fucked up on like masculine and drugs like in the wintertime and just like write and just trip out and hang out. So I feel like almost like a super kind of trippy coming of age like group friend movie to show that and like how that would relay to what she created with uh, Frankenstein, you know, um, yeah, and just, you know, the bits and pieces before and after that in her life, it was a very interesting life. I mean, her husband, I believe, uh, Percy Shelley, you know, was a very interesting man himself. Mm-hmm. Very uh, well-known poet and everything like that. So you could have that be a very polarizing figure in the movie. I, I just think it would be really fun, really exciting to deal with something like that. It'd be a very self-contained time of the biopic even you know you're really not showing the whole life more so just this 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 time period of their life figuring you know hanging out and experimenting like that i think that would just be ripe just be really cool to do especially with the right director someone like maybe del toro um that's the correct answer (laughs) i think he would like really enjoy doing that and mary shelley um I should have looked to see what her appearance is, but all I can think of is always Anya Taylor-Joy. <laughs> but I mean, but I'm not, ca- like, anyone, you know, I'm not casting that, but that'd be cool. But just someone who can be really haunting and and play that role. Mm. So, yeah, Mary Shelley, are, are you a fan, fan of uh, Frankenstein's monster? I am, yeah. I, I can't tell you the last time, like, I read it. I, I feel like this is one of those things where it's just always been... I think I probably read it also for the first time in high school at some point, but it's always it's just always been something I've been aware of, you know, like it, it's just such a cultural thing. Uh, but it is such an interesting thing because I love the way you framed it. Like, I feel like a problem with a lot of biopics about especially about like authors like this. A perfect example is the movie Tolkien that came out like a year or two ago. There's a really good story in there, but it was so boring. I mean, it was so, so boring. And the best parts are the parts where he's like coming up with Middle Earth and coming up with Lord of the Rings and like the stuff we know, but it really drags. And so the fact that you're doing it like uh, a trippy kind of like her and her friends just getting stoned and coming up with Frank, it's like that's that sounds awesome. I feel like there could be some great comedy in that. Um and Del, I mean, Del Toro makes a version of Frankenstein with every movie he makes. So, like, that, I don't know if that's your official pick, but he seems like a slam dunk to direct the movie. Um, I, yeah. I mean, the summer is, like, in 1816, mm-hmm. just, like, that that time period. And, and it's in, like, um, Geneva, Switzerland, 
they mm. spend a summer there. So like, just think of that backdrop and how like beautiful that could be. It's set beside like where they stay it could be very gothic and stuff, something like that. Um, yeah, I I just I I've been picturing that in my head off and on for the last few years for some reason, and I would love for that to happen. And like you said, like biopics don't have to be the whole life of someone. Like sure. if if someone has a very eventful life, if they're freaking Forrest Gump, sure, you know, show show all everything that happens, but <laughs> you know, give us the meat, give us what's important, give us like the um what's the word? The the key moments of their lives that really matter, the key time period of their life, you know, where they really did something. So I think that would be really fun. Just a summer, summer with Mary. <laughs> summer with Mary. And I feel like you can get some great visuals too of like her first I'd, illustrations of the monster and stuff like that. Like that would be really cool in a movie. I just, yeah, that's, we've seen them so many times now, but to see like an early draft of what he looked like would be really, really cool. I agree. Like, yeah, depending on how much research is done and like how she really thought of it and came up with it, you could do a bunch of like inspir like little things where like, oh, that's what gave her the inspiration and see like her flashing in her mind, you know, what's happening and going back to, to script, dribble and script. So, yeah, there's a lot you could do with it. It could be a really pretty movie. And I had to pick that one. Um, so even number one, you probably didn't think about that at all. And I'm OK with that. Yeah, so. I, it's totally out of left field, but now I'm so on board with it. Like, that's that's a slam dunk. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. That's my first pick, and that means, Kyle, what's yours? What you got for us? All right, so I guess I'll go ahead and go with, um, with my pick. So I'm going to go with one. The title is simply Ride. Uh, this is going to be a movie about Sally Ride, who was the first American... Uh, woman to go to space so she was uh, obviously there were two women in I believe Soviet Russia who beat her but as far as Americans go she was the first female astronaut in space um, this movie is going to be directed by Leslie Headland, who is most known for the movie sleeping with other people probably my favorite rom-com um, she also has written a lot of TV or been a writer on a lot of TV shows but for you know most of our listeners who love Star Wars, she's also going to be um, the showrunner on the upcoming series, The Acolyte, that's coming out, um, which is I'm really really excited about. Um, she also created the show Russian Doll. Like she's just got a really really cool diverse um, filmography right now, and I'd love to see her take on something like this. So again, Sally Ride was again the first female astronaut in space. She. Um, also is to date the youngest astronaut to go to space. She went up to space when she was 32 years old, um, which is like in general terms, like not that young. But when you think about the work and the just everything that goes into something like that, I mean, it's pretty impressive to do something that young. Um, so I have Sally herself being played by Saoirse Ronan. Um, another one that we love that we seem to cast her a lot, but Hey, like, you know, if they don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like she's just on fire right now. She just can do no wrong. We know she can do a very convincing American accent with Lady Bird um, and Little Women. I mean, she's yeah, she's just on fire. I, I would love to see her play this character who is 
really like a an, kind of an unsung American hero, right? Like she does not get talked about enough. I didn't know a lot about her story before researching for this biopic, but um, she also carried a, a secret uh, relationship with a pro tennis player named Tam O'Shaughnessy um, while also being married to uh, fellow astronaut Stephen Howley. Um, so she not only was the first female um, American astronaut, there's also some LGBTQ plus um, representation there, which is always always important. So I have Tam, her 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 secret lover, being played by Beanie Feldstein, who I am also a huge fan of. Like I said, I've just been binging what we do in the shadows, and her really small role in the first season is so funny. Oh my god, I love her, and also she's just phenomenal and book smart. Um, she's just really like I think she's about to be. I don't know if it premiered yet, but she's going to be in. Um, American Crime Story, the uh, impeachment. She is playing Monica Lewinsky, which is very interesting. Just very curious to see how they play that out and what she brings to the role. Um, and then I have uh, Sally's husband, Stephen, being played by Donald Gleason. Another one I'm a big fan of. Um, we've seen him play off of Sarsha before in the movie Brooklyn. They've got great chemistry, but also he just brings a real likable quality to him and and basically everything he does whether it's as bill weasley who canonically fucks um <laughs> or the lead role in about time like he's just always so like likable and I, I feel like that's important because i don't want this to be a really heavily dramatic story you know about this like scandalous affair or whatever I don't want it to be like that because i don't think that was the true story stephen howley's still alive today and is a teacher and he's expressed that he still, he, he, they loved each other. They were married and there was love there, but he wanted her to be able to live her truth and, and, ex, and experience and express the feelings that she had. Um, and so I think that it would be really interesting to see that dynamic between the three of them. Um, and I, th I, I think that if you have someone like Donald, Stephen Halley doesn't become like the film's villain, right? He's just another character and he, he's involved with uh, her work as an astronaut. So you would see them kind of working together and yeah, but I think this is just the whole movie would be a real tribute and testament to kind of an unsung hero who was a pioneer in many ways and, and led the way for uh, so many people. And yeah, I, also, space exploration movies in general are just always so interesting to me because there's always a potential for really great visuals and and music. Um, I loved First Man that came out a few years ago with Ryan Gosling about Neil, Arm Neil Armstrong. Another great example of a biopic that could have been really boring. A lot of people thought it was kind of boring. I personally thought it was really, really interesting. And I love the way they explored the fact that it was really all about grief and about him grieving his daughter. Um, so I can see this being kind of similar, but being lighter in tone. Like this would really just be about exploration, about optimism, about hope, and kind of escaping that that trap that biopics really fall into a lot, where they're just really depressing. <laughs> um, and I I just want to see a really ho hopeful, upbeat story about Sally Ride, just kind of paving the way for future astronauts. I feel like that would be super fun. I love that. And more of my thoughts after the break. Welcome back from break. We are talking about dream biopics. We just talked about my pick with the movie Ride. What do you think about this movie, Damon? I think that's an, a great one. Um, when I was looking at, like, you know, just scouring different lists of, like, biopics, like, people that there should be movies about, 
her name was on like almost every single list for the reasons you mentioned, um, which just makes makes a lot of sense. And also, I mean, for one, astronauts, it's just like this. It's, it's like we're embedded to to love astronauts in America, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's almost like it's not even like a patriotic thing so much as just like these people are like, you know, doing everything they can to reach the stars and like, and they're able to, and it's just like something is like, even from kids on, it's something that's just so magical. And like that idea of like going into space, mm-hmm. they just like, it's almost like a, an extra level above celebrity. It, it, I don't know. It's just like a really weird honor. So that like, have another, you know, to shine the light on one of the more inspirational astronauts, you know, and one of the more inspiring with the story like that. I mean, like you said, she was the first uh, American female in space, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And not only that, but like you said, I mean, she actually, you know, she had a a female partner uh, for 27 years, you know, in secret. And, like, just to have that as a backdrop of the movie and to deal with that tension or, like, you know, or how maybe it wasn't super tense for them. You know, maybe it was a very, you know, calm. Who knows? Like, to have that to go along with with learning with the space and then, be, you know, having the little touch with Hollywood. And she wrote seven books, like, seven children's books. That's just awesome. Like, yeah. she just sounds really great. And to have a, a movie about her would be, I feel like something that we need just to show people who she is like too many times we focus on a lot of people who maybe did some good stuff but definitely maybe didn't leave as big of a mark as as some people Mm -hmm. whereas you know what she did is just like continuously great and very impactful i i think that'd be a really fun and great like very inspiring biopic more than anything and i could just see that being you know coming over really, really well um, and you said who for uh, Sorza? Short, oh, I can never say your name right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have Sor- Sorsha Ronan um, Sorsha. playing her, and yeah, I just feel like again that's she. I could I could just cast her literally as like anyone, and I would be into it. Like you know, it's just like I feel like maybe that's a cop out or like a cheat, but I just love her. She's just on fire right now. I think you cast her as like Rogue back in the day for the X Men fan cast, and. That's one that I still just am dying to see because, wow, that would be incredible. But I feel like you throw her in anything and it just elevates the movie. And like kind of like what you're saying, like we get biopics so often about people who, like you said, they they made their mark in history and, and did things that are worth noting. But too often it's like straight white men or, it, you know, like it, it's it's the majority. And I would love to see something made about uh, a woman's story who – the story's been told, but not enough. Not a lot of people know that her story. And the fact that you also mentioned, like, she wrote, like, all these children's books. And, like, it, she wasn't – it would have been enough for her to be an astronaut because, like, you, like the, that's just an incredible achievement. And I agree. I think that astronauts are superheroes. <laughs> and what they do is, like, terrifying to me. So I could never do it. But watching movies about them is always fun. Um, and I think now is a great time to make a movie about it because right now – I associate not astronauts, but just like the space race with, you know, like Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson and fuck that. Like, I would rather hear this story about a a true pioneer there. Those guys are going to space just because they're rich and they want to show off how rich they are and get away from earth and all of its problems. But like, this is a person who was truly tenacious and 
wanting to make a name for herself and wanting to explore and like show the world more information about what's out there, you know, actually trying to help people. So that's the goal, right? Like that's what you want to see with these biopics, celebrating good people. So I think that Sally Rye was a great person and, and also her husband, Steven and Tam as well. But you could even go into Tam's career because she was a, um, you know, she was a professional tennis player for a while, but I believe she eventually became like a, a writer in science. I don't know if she was a fiction writer, but she like co-founded a science education company after Sally. Um, you know, Sally passed away in 2012 uh, of pancreatic cancer. So pr- fairly recently. So you could even, if you want the movie to like expand that far, it doesn't have to, but if you wanted to go that far and explore that, it could, but these are just three people who just really made their mark in history that I feel like they're just not really celebrated enough and recognized enough as, as pioneers in, in their field. I dig that. I, I think that honestly could actually be made. Like actually I could see that happening in a couple of years or down the road. Um, so that's a fantastic pick. I, I love that pick. We need more astronaut stuff and in general, you know, I've, I actually started the first episode of for all mankind and uh, pretty good, you know, that whole what if, you know, what if uh, Russia beat us in the race to the moon? So is that the premise? Yeah. Oh, cool. So I had no clue. I knew it was like I knew of it and I knew that it was based on like a novel, maybe. And then I, my friend told me that the season two finale is one of the best things he's ever seen. So I was like, oh, OK, so it must be great. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, that's why I want to watch it, because I've heard just like just gushing about like season two so yeah and our guy rick flag get there. in the lead role rick flag <laughs> joel kilman <laughs> um but yeah no i think sally rod is is just perfect for a biopic and i really think we'll get it at some point so i love that pick you ready for pick number two yes sir all right um okay so this one is a little more like I guess you could say typical or shows up more on lists. Um, people have more of an idea of what they want to see from it. Um, and it's going to be a, a biopic about Chris Farley. So, you know, Chris Farley, if you don't know that name one, like, what are you doing? Like stop listening to this podcast and just go watch SNL from the nineties. <laughs> um, but you know, we, I think we've drafted SNL twice on our Children of the Tube series, and we essentially just have gushed about Chris Farley multiple times, but rightfully so, right? Like, he's just an icon. He's probably my favorite SNL cast member. Um, And this is one where, like, you know, with the Sally Ride story, I'm focusing on optimism. With this one, I would want to as well. You know, Chris Farley, you hear the name and you think of how funny he was, but also there is a a bit of a sad twinge there as well because of the way his life ended. And I'm sure the film would cover that, but I feel like I would want the spirit of the movie to just be about his time on SNL and the way he kind of exploded onto the scene and his interactions with his fellow cast members. And it, speaking of his fellow, like I fellow cast cast members, I only cast Chris. I didn't even touch Adam Sandler. I was telling Damon before we started, like Adam Sandler is just impossible to cast as a younger, you know, Adam Sandler or David Spade or, you know, like Bob Odenkirk or just any of the writers back back then. So for Chris Farley, I cast who was also very difficult to cast, but I I went with Jesse Plemons 
Um, he's a bit older than Chris would be at this time. You know, Chris was like maybe mid late twenties when he was on SNL. He was only on SNL for five years, which is kind of crazy to me, just considering how much of an impression he made. Um, but he was in his like mid to late twenties. Jesse Plemons is, I think, like thirty two, maybe thirty three. Um, but you know, movies do that a lot. I feel like they could be flexible with that, make him look a little bit younger. But I do think that Jesse just has a real interesting energy to him um i think this would probably be the lightest role he's ever done <laughs> he's typically goes for really dark and very like intense roles even in you know game night which is a great comedy his character is while he's the best part of the movie he is hella intense i mean he's <laughs> he's the best um but i feel like giving jesse the chance to he's also a really really quiet actor you know like i'm thinking of like todd and breaking bad he just has these very intense scenes where he doesn't say much, but you just know there's a lot going on there. This would give him a chance to really like explore like comedy and be like very physically comedic, like Chris Farley was. Uh, and I would just love to see Jesse like recreate some of those iconic sketches, you know, like the van down by the river sketch and <laughs> just all of that. And even like Tommy Boy and like some of the movies he did. I feel like that would be so fun. And again, I feel like the movie would focus on that like his career his relationships with his cast members fellow cast members obviously there would be moments of the movie that would explore his addiction um because i think that's an important conversation to have but i don't think it would dwell on that uh and be bogged down by that because i feel like that's just really upsetting and i, I wouldn't want the movie to be like that so i have the movie being directed by um michael showalter he is best known for the movie the big sick which if you haven't seen Highly, highly recommend. It is kind of a biopic itself, but it basically tells the story of how uh, Kamal Kamal Nanjiani met his wife, Emily V. Gordon. Um, I'm a big fan of Kamal's. Can't wait to see him in the Eternals, but I've just I've been a big fan of his for a while now. He's he's a nerd like all of us. Like he's a he's a comedian. He's an actor, but he's truly a nerd at heart. And I, I love that. And so um, the movie's great. And the guy who directed it, Michael Showalter, he really knew how to walk the line between comedy and drama. I mean, there's some really, really heartbreaking moments in that movie, but they're also just surrounded by really hilarious bits. And he just kind of lets his actors be funny, which is, I feel like that's the key to a movie like this. This is a movie about the SNL cast members. So you want them all to just be funny and like have chemistry together. And so I feel like he would be able to bring that together with a really great cast. Again, a cast that I'm intentionally staying away from because it's just, it's very daunting to cast some of those people, but having Jesse at the center, I feel like it would be really fun, really interesting. I'm just really curious to see the energy he brings as, as Chris Farley. I'm glad that you um, went with show Walter as the director because like the big sick is the exact kind of energy. I think you would want for a movie like this, you know, it's very clever, very witty, but also very human, very authentic. It feels less like it's actually happening. Like it has some awkward silence and like, you know, just times where nothing, you know, people don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. At the, you know, it's just like, it feels like these are actual people. Um, mm -hmm. It feels almost Judd Apatow like, you yes. know, in that regard. Yeah. And I feel like this kind of movie would need that to feel raw and to feel like you're there with these people just riffing on each other and like we're practicing for their skits. Like I want to see like where Chris Farley was like discovered, you know, and like what the discussion between him and Lauren was like 
to get hired on SNL. You know, I want to see that relationship between him and Adam mm-hmm. uh, bloom and just blossom into how, you know, like just to have, see how close they got and what that was like. And just those really awesome, bright, shining, glowing moments that Chris had because he was a star. He was a huge, huge star. Like, I I firmly believe he would be still be making hilarious movies right now if he was still here. Yeah. Uh, and But instead, you know, you could just have this really meaningful movie to show just how joyful he was as a person. I honestly don't know if I would choose Jesse because of that reason. I need someone who radiates joy. Yeah, I, that's fair. I, I I mean, but like you said before, the podcast even, it it's impossible to really to figure out who to cast even for like anybody really in the movie just about. Right. They're all unique and really just electric and uh, iconic comedians in their own right. I think there would be someone you could find out there that could do Chris Farley. I don't know if it's anyone we know, honestly. I feel like it's maybe like a a comedian working the circuit or someone like who's just about to bust out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's any any big name. I, I, I really don't think I could think of anyone who could do that justice. But that's okay. Because that's just showing us how special Chris Farley was yeah. and why he definitely needs a biopic. Like I would, I would love to watch that movie. He was number four on my list, so I was definitely wanting to draft that. So definitely <laughs> on the same brain, uh, wavelength on that one, man. Yeah, um, that's a great who, call, though. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, no. What were you? What, what were you thinking? What was the great call? That's that's a great call with an, like having an unknown cast as him because that's probably Jesse was the only name I could come up with. But otherwise, yeah, I feel like. For all of these people, casting unknown actors and even casting, like you said, just casting people who are just stand up comedians kind of on the on the rise. That's kind of like a home run right there because they all would get it. And like, I think it goes without saying the movie would be produced by Adam Sandler. Like he he would be very involved with the writing of it. They're best friends like he and David Spade both. I think they would be very involved. Um, I if you haven't yet so i'll be full full disclosure i haven't even seen the full special but adam sandler did a netflix special i think it was his most recent one from like a few years ago um again i haven't seen the entire thing i'm sure it's great uh but there is if you know like you'll know what i'm talking about there is a song he did like dedicated to farley that is just fucking beautiful it guts me every time because you just know how close they were and how much Farley's death still just haunts Adam Sandler. But like the song is really beautiful. It's a great tribute. Um, so yeah, it goes without saying Adam would be very involved with the movie, perhaps even consulting on the writing so that they could really get the scenes right and get some of those behind the scenes interactions really authentic. Um, but yeah, like you're, you're right about the unknown thing. I feel like that, that works so well with like big projects sometimes like, you know, like stuff like star Wars and like stuff like that. It's always cool seeing someone show up who you've never seen before. And then they just blow you away and they're instantly like a new star. And so I feel like that could be the Avenue they go with, with this, with other characters, right? Like I even, so like there is a YouTuber that I watched named Keith Leak jr. Who like, strikes a very close resemblance to Chris Rock. I'm sure Chris would show up in the movie at some point. 
So like maybe him because he like is not a Hollywood actor. So that would be cool to give him a big break. But otherwise, I'm totally on board with like an entirely unknown cast because that would be super, super fun. I I think that'd be awesome. Like just give this like unknown cast like their shot at like just going all out in like their impersonation, their portrayal of these like iconic 90s cast of SNL and see what they got. And it could just be their big break, you know, like for all of them. Um, I'd like to see that because I just, I don't know anyone with that right energy for Farley. Like his physical comedy in his, like his, his loudness, but it was a controlled loudness. Like, yep. you know, it was like completely on purpose. It was, he knew exactly what he was doing every single time. And it was just a force. Like he was just a, a com- comedic force. And yeah, I think find an unknown who's just hungry for it. And maybe that would be great, but uh, we deserve that movie. I love that pick. I'm, I'm, maybe I should have drafted it earlier, so you wouldn't have. Damn it. <laughs> okay, uh, I like right. it. I like it. Those are two good picks. Astronaut and uh, comedian, good combo. That's you know, I have you know, gothic horror writer author. <laughs> uh, so for my second pick. I'm going with another another writer, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I just love writers. This <laughs> one is definitely a little bit more popular, a little bit more mainstream. Um, I feel like this is bound to happen. I feel like it's probably in the works somewhere. Like, there's a script about it. You know, they're working on it. But I feel like at some point, a movie about Stan Lee is going to happen. Yes. And we need that movie. Absolutely. Um, A man not without flaws and problems. Uh, People are problematic, and honestly, that those kind of make for the best biopic sometimes. You know, it adds tension, and it just shows you just how real and human these people are, you know? They're not just idols that we need to blindly love and adore. So, you know, show all the cracks and flaws of Stan Lee as a person while still showing how creative and how this, like, he created this amazing thing. You know, he helped bring Marvel, create so many different superheroes for us and bring them to the forefront. And then being the face, you know, and being the cameo in all those movies and just seeing how he got there, you know, and how he kept going, the relationship he had with Kirby and how that kind of dissolved, you know, that could be a really big, important part of it. I feel like Lee and Kirby could be a driving force of the movie even, uh, you know, and then having that kind of breakup happen being, you know, and then going from there would be super really compelling for the, for a storytelling and just to see, you know, all those ideas of how Stan comes came up with all the different superheroes, you know, seeing the different sketches, the rough sketches, like, oh, like, you know, when Peter before Peter Parker was Peter Parker, um, I feel like he had a different name for him, but I can't remember, you know, just that, like all those little fun Easter eggs. Right. This would be the ultimate Easter egg movie, <laughs> while also just being a love letter to Marvel and Stanley. So yeah. Excelsior, Excelsior, the movie, the uh, story of Stanley. I I want that biopic. What you think? 
I I was gonna ask before you said it. I was like, this movie has to be called Excelsior, right? Like that's the only title title for it. Um, I love this. This is again another one we just need. Like you said, it's probably inevitable. It's gonna happen. Um, and when it does, like I just it I, it'll be at the top of like my most anticipated movies. Like you said, he's not a perfect human being. He had flaws, like we all do. He was human, uh, but he's responsible for such a huge part of our culture you know like just marvel now more than ever marvel is just such a huge part of entertainment um and yeah he's the grandfather of all that so i feel like getting that behind the scenes story and it ultimately just being a love letter to st like storytelling and like creating fictional characters would be so fun right like and the fact that he his life does, I mean, the reason he wrote Peter Parker, that's basically him. Like, he grew up poor. He was, I think he grew up in New York and grew up very poor and, and didn't have much. And so you, you can tell that he channeled so much of his life into Peter Parker's origins. So I would love to see that. I'm sure the movie would cover, like, plenty of the characters he created, but I feel like it would be a lot about Peter because that's, I mean, that's his, like, that's his baby right there. You know, like, Spider-Man was his his bread and butter um, so yeah. And then exploring the relationship with him and Kirby is a no brainer as well. There'd be some tough scenes for sure, but I feel like that's such a fundamental part of the beginning of Marvel comics that you, you couldn't get around that, you know? Um, I just today went to a local comic book store that I'd never been, been before. And it was great. I haven't been to one in a while and they had a really really awesome photo of the two of them in there it's a rare one that i've never seen before so i i was like how did you get your hands on that first of all um <laughs> but i just think that that's like that's gonna be in this movie that is definitely being made because it has to be made uh that that would be the heart and soul of the movie their relationship and just like them kind of creating this universe together right um so yeah i i love it do you have any like any names in mind behind the scenes or behind the camera or anything? Man, you know, I really don't. I want someone who's just going to be able to, you know, do it justice while it being very bright mm. and like maybe very comic book heavy almost, you know, like have it lean into like the comic book element of it yeah. all, you know, like just do a bunch of like, um progressions like scene progressions you know with like pages turning and stuff like that you know him popping up in different little panels but i don't know who would be the best for that i don't know uh maybe edgar wright i don't i Ooh, yeah. is the biggest marvel fan or big huge stan lee guy or girl uh patty jenkins maybe like maybe she is a really big stan lee fan i could see her doing a really good job um i just anyone who's who's just passionate about that I feel like would do a, a damn good job. That's all I ask. I don't have anyone in mind. As far as acting goes, um, I actually saw someone say on there, they were like thinking maybe Bradley Cooper as Stan. And I'm like, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't know either. who else I would pick, but I don't hate that. Yeah, that's outside the box, but I actually, wow, now that I think about it, that's a really good call. I feel like, I feel like if you harness like Bradley Cooper from american hustle or like silver linings playbook like that kind of bradley cooper i feel like that's a home run like i feel like it'd be perfect as, as stan so that's cool i like that 
Yeah, and then get someone who's also like equally as big presence as Kirby, you know, and just have them feeding off each other mm-hmm. and just have that run the movie for the first half and then the breakup and see it go from there. And, you know, uh, you know, maybe even almost have it be a, a double biopic, have it be about Lee and Kirby, you know, mm. like follow Kirby when he goes to DC and all that and back and everything. That'd be a pretty fun story, but definitely Stanley. Um, Kirby needs a shine also one day. He deserves it too. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I, I how I'll ask you this: How close do you think uh, Bradley's Stan Lee voice would be to his Rocket Raccoon voice? <laughs> Stan Lee's got that kind of gravel to his voice, and like <laughs> that's definitely Rocket like. I wonder if that's what Bradley Cooper's Rocket voice was. He's like, okay, I'm gonna talk like Stan, <laughs> and that's just what happened. Imagine, imagine if that was what it was. Right. I bet he did. Yeah, he hadn't come up with the voice yet. And then Stan came to visit the set of the first Guardians. And he was like, I've got it, James. I've got the voice. <laughs> I just talk like Stan Lee and I'm golden. <laughs> oh, man. I, love I miss him. Yeah, it'll happen. I really think that's going to happen for sure. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really surprised that it hasn't yet. But now that he's passed, you know, sadness It'll, I feel like it's just going, it's a matter of time. So, yeah, for sure. Had to get that drafted. You ready for my next pick? Yes, sir. You sure? Oh, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, this time I went with a musician. Okay. Okay. Like I said earlier, those are some of the best biopics, some of the funnest. Um, so also some of the times the most inaccurate. You know, they like to leave a lot out. <laughs> um, or it's not like we're in charge of any of that here either, you know. Hopefully they'll they'll put in the good stuff, but at the end of the day they do what they do. Yeah. For this one, I feel like you could leave out like half of it and still have like a three hour movie. Cause like when I was talking about an eventful life, this guy is like our generation's Forrest Gump in a way. <laughs> um, do you have any idea who I'm talking about, Kyle? I have a slight idea, and I'll be really sad if it is because I want to draft it. But are you going with David Bowie? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. <laughs> David Bowie's a great one. I, I figured you might, might would. I like David, but this guy's more my style. Gotcha. Um, I'm talking about a guy who's been on trial for murder before. He's <laughs> cooked with Martha Stewart. <laughs> He's hosted a commentary show for the Olympics this past month i'm talking about the d-o-double-g snoop dog hell yeah i mean he's gone from like as like someone who, who was on trial for murder in the 90s to literally maybe the biggest approval rating in the world mm-hmm. maybe like who would you rate above Snoop? Like, who, like, uh, like if everyone in the world had to like say, yeah, if they like this person, I wouldn't. There's not many people you would put above Snoop Dogg. Oh, for sure. And so, like, to show his his you know beginnings, like he sang in the choir and played piano for his church. Uh, he joined the the Rolling Twenties Crip Gang uh, in Long Beach. He started a you know doing mixtapes with his cousins Nate Dogg and Warren G- and his friend Warren G, you know, also famous rappers in their own right. 
Mm-hmm. You can just show, show how that happens, how he meets Dr. Dre, how he releases Doggy Style, which, of course, is the name of the movie. It's got to be Doggy Style. <laughs> um, and then show, like, how it goes from there. Like, after the trial, show how he just keeps going, makes makes more music. He has hits in the 2000s. He becomes a reality TV star. He just becomes larger than life. The whole thing with Martha Stewart. I, I don't, this movie would be kind of all over the place. Because, like, I don't have, like, I don't, I can't say, like, what you can keep and what you can't keep or what you should show or the driving force. It's just Snoop Dogg. Like, he just does what he wants to do and mm-hmm. he keeps doing it. Only thing I say is the the driving force is he's got to have a blunt in his hand the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So um, that's all I ask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What you think? I, this is perfect. Okay, Doggy Style is the perfect title, by the way. I didn't even think about that, but that's that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, this is great. This is, you know, the first one where the person's still alive. So I would love to see. I always hope when a biopic comes out about someone who's still around that they're able to consult on it so that, you know, their name isn't fucked up. Um, so I would love to see him consult. And and he even said earlier this year that, like, if they were to make a biopic biopic about him, he didn't say, he didn't say he would like who he would want playing him. But all he said was like the movie Ray uh, about Ray Charles played by Jamie Foxx. Like he said he wants someone to do it like that, which I, I think it's a great call because that movie is really good. And like Jamie just crushed it as Ray. So that's a great call. But I love that like you don't have I feel like this is kind of a movie where you wouldn't need a very structured plot. Cause like you said, he just he's done so much. Like he's just lived such a crazy life that anything you do would be interesting. Cause it's Snoop Dogg, right? Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, the only qualifier, like you said, as long as he's got a bluntness in the entire time, it's perfect. I gotta add something to it to, to make it even better. Okay, it's narrated by Snoop. Hell yes! <laughs> <laughs> like his voice is just such a fun, warm, welcoming voice. Just to have him narrate his own story is like, yeah, look at little little Snoop. Look at him. Like and just like I could just see him just do an amazing job and just like like it'd be I would love that movie. I feel like it would be so fun. I need that movie even more now. I didn't know I needed it until I until Snoop narrated it. But <laughs> my you know what? No, what were you gonna say? My only real request is that I mean, there's plenty of people who could do it, but I feel like if you have this directed by Spike Lee, that just takes it to another level. That wouldn't that be just incredible? I would like that. I mean, Spike Lee would do a great job. You know, Ryan Coogler would be no joke either. Ooh, yeah. Like, he'd do a fantastic job. Um, just someone who's going to be able to hit the dramatic notes while also keep it fun mm-hmm. and then hit the music right. Because, like, I mean, the music's going to be pretty important also. But, also, I mean, you know, that's going to be kind of just like the first half of the movie. I mean, he, he, he still does music, but he's just so much more than that now. So, like... You know, you could show it like it's almost like two two coins, like two sides of the coin. Like one could be like his whole music kind of rise and, and all that. And then really just joint show to just how he becomes like global and just does everything. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Spike, Spike would be great at that. Man, I'd love that. Oh, do you have any idea who you would cast as Snoop? Because I have no idea at all. Um, yeah, that's. That's the problem with all these. It's like it's so difficult because they're such iconic figures. Like I don't know who I would. 
I don't know who I would cast. This is another one where maybe you could just go with like a an unknown. Like I feel like um, what was the movie they made like two or three years ago about Tupac? Um, All eyes on me. I, the guy who played him, I think he's been in other things, but that's really his big. That's his only big movie, and he was great. He was like almost perfect as Tupac. So I feel like you could do that. You could do that. Looks a lot like him. He really does. Yeah. So if you just went with like an unknown. Have have Snoop consult and like approve the person, and I feel like yeah, just as long as they bring that very specific Snoop energy, then it's I'm I'm in. I love it. Just get Snoop's like, you know, cousin or or nephew to do it, <laughs> and we're golden. You know, just you got to get someone real lanky and tall. You got like they have to look like Snoop, and and hopefully you know have that kind of demeanor and draw. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they got to have like that just. That's that Snoop body, or it won't work. Exactly. But I want all of these movies to be made. I'm glad we did this draft because now I want to see them all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's my third pick, and I believe we're going to go to Kyle's third pick. But before that, we're going to take another quick break. Hey guys, and we're back. We've already talked about Frankenstein's monster, Chris Farley, an astronaut. And, you know, doggy style. So it's been a very eventful podcast, to say the least. We're just drafting our dream biopics, people that deserve movies. Kyle, it's your third pick. What you got for us? Um, yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll go ahead and go with it just because I showed my hand. I was worried that Damon was going to scoop this one up. Uh, I'm glad he didn't. I love the Snoop Dogg idea. But I got to go with David Bowie. Um I feel like this is where I'm going to cheat a little bit and bend the rules of a biopic. Uh, David Bowie was an enigma from birth to death. Uh, This is another person, kind of like Stan Lee, where I didn't really know when they were going to make a movie about him until he passed away, and now it seems like a more likely thing. We've gotten a movie about him called Starman um, with Johnny Flynn. Really went under the radar. It's not a great movie. It's okay. Johnny Flynn's really good in it, but um, this is going to be one where truth kind of blends with fiction, as was the case really with Bowie's entire life. Um, and it's going to be essentially beginning, not you know when he's young or like first getting into music, but basically when he comes to America and releases uh, what was the album? There was one album in particular. I think it was Starman. Um, and the movie starts with David, bear with me here, the movie starts with David uh, coming to Earth from wherever fucking planet he's from. Uh, because this biopic is going to be one of those things where it's like really celebrating the fact that he was not, he's not of this Earth. Like he he was out there, right? Um, and who better to play him like that than, I mean, everyone has said this and it's obvious, but I got to go with it, Tilda Swinton. Um, she is also convinced she's not a human being. (laughs) She, I don't know where she's from, but it's not earth. And I would love to see her take on the role. I, I just like, I feel like this is a chance to get a movie that is trippy as hell. Again, I want it to start and immediately you don't know what to expect because he shows up on earth from like a spaceship, right? He's dropped off. And he basically comes to America and releases the album, releases Starman. And you go from there. 
And then I'm I, I'm not even interested in, in like in like a full plot. I just want to see the world kind of through his eyes being played by Tilda Swinton. Um, I'd have the movie be directed by uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, who you know he directed the movie Drive, um, The Neon Demon. Very specific style, you know. <laughs> uh, he, you know, honestly goes for style over substance a lot. Sometimes to his credit, sometimes not. I, mentioned before how much I love drive. Obviously I was heartbroken when Dom stole that pick from me. <laughs> uh, but it's a great movie and Nicholas Winding Refn has a very, yeah, just a very specific style to his movies that I think would work really well with David Bowie, who again was just a larger than life figure. He made incredible music and I would just love to see how weird they could get with it. Again, not really focused on like plot details, just kind of on this album that he releases um, and then kind of going from there and, you know, like just, yeah, you could throw in some interviews that he did when he first came to America, but I just, yeah, I, I'm mostly doing this cause I want to see Tilda just play the role. I, I, I think that she just is so unique in everything she does. Again, like I, I mentioned before, I've been watching, uh, what we do in the shadows and she's in the, um, the trial episode, which is incredible just for the cameos alone right like you get i won't spoil them because I, I only just watched the show for the first time so if you haven't seen it just wait till you get to the the episode the trial because oh i mean it's so good um but she shows up in that and she's so good in that because you can believe that she's a vampire in real life because she could be she could be a fucking alien like i we don't know <laughs> she's just so i love her she's so out there um and i just i feel like this would be uh, a casting choice that would be met with a lot less controversy than her, you know, her casting as the ancient one. I feel like that one is still such a tough look for Marvel. I know what they were going with. I get it, but you just can't like, I just feel like it's so easy to not do that. Like it just, it's so easy to not, to not whitewash and they did anyway. So this is one where it's more weird, but not for the sake of being weird. It's just like, it works with the character because David Bowie was so out there. Tilda's so out there. She could harness that weird energy um just in her eyes alone like she just has such great like she just such 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 great like face acting you know um and i'd love to see like some performances kind of like the way they did with bohemian rhapsody with like the live aid performance i don't love that movie but that scene is really really cool so i'd love to see some of bowie's performances maybe even his collaboration with queen for the song under pressure um i feel like that would be super super fun so yeah, I just feel like this is one where you could put on, you could like smoke some weed and start and just have a, a real like experience with. It would just be weird as hell. You know, Nicholas Winding Refn is going to like just go for some really just odd cinematography and just weird choices with the camera like he always does. I just feel like it would be very stylistic. And that's kind of what you need with a, a movie about David Bowie. I, I like all of those choices. And honestly, it's a movie that lives on its choices because like you said, the movie's already been made. And it was, I mean, you know, with the lackluster reviews and I never heard anyone say anything that glowing about it. You know, people mm -hmm. that watched it were like, eh, you know, you know, just nothing super great to say about it. So we still need one and to do it like this in a very stylistic manner to have it be what is fiction, what is true, what is, 
you know, what story is being told is, is David Bowie and the story of the Starman, like, together, like, intertwining. Uh, I could just see it, like, flashing back and forth, like, almost fluidly, like, between the two worlds. And, like, it's almost effortlessly, like, you know, that's just what David lived, like, life like. You know, he was David, but also he was this enigmatic figure. Um, one of the most enigmatic figures of rock and music in general. So to show that character in this kind of manner, I think, would be appropriate. You would have to shoot it right for it to work. But I think if handled properly, it could be one of the more celebrated ones, honestly. You know, it's not a standard biopic because, you're, you know, you're kind of playing creatively with it. It's not just a story of of what happened in his life, but almost mm-hmm. a retelling of of this of a celebration of him almost you know i'm getting right. kind of almost some rocket man vibes also like you know kind of blending some music in and just kind of you know almost being a musical but not quite right um, right i i just you know i think that's going to happen at one point we're going to get a better david bowie movie he's just a striking character he's a such a interesting person that we I want to dive deeper and then to like to go on this kind of hallucinogenic trippy ride (laughs) with him would be super fun and to be Tilda Swinton would be perfect I mean they both just have this very singular kind of look about them you know like you said it's kind of in the eyes the bone the facial structure they have a very unique facial structure that I think is important to get right for with mm-hmm. Bowie, he has a super high cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tilda could really, you know, nail that. And I think people would welcome it because you can't just cast anybody as David Bowie. Honestly, I think that was one of the reasons. Like you said, you, you thought the, what was his name who played David? Uh, Johnny Flynn. You know, yeah, it's Johnny Flynn. Um, you know, not a bad actor, but it's, it's David Bowie. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you have to just be... You have to have this this aura about you, this energy. And I feel like Tilda could probably really harness that and do a fantastic job. I like this pick, man. Um, I've only really recently really gotten into appreciating David Bowie the last few years. Um, I do that, unfortunately, sometimes. Like, some, I just won't... You know, there's so much music in the world, and we're going to get more into that on our next podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but sometimes you just can't listen to everything, you know, and I just, David Bowie didn't really click with me because I only heard a couple of his songs, but really recently just like diving deep and like hearing all of what he had to offer. And it's just like, wow, like, you know, he, you know, this guy is special, has mm-hmm. some fantastic music, tells a great story. Um, and I love it. I love that. Do you have anything else you would like want to see out of the movie, like a specific scene or like a certain song that has to play, you know, obviously Starman, but you know, anything else, like you said, under pressure, I think that would be a very interesting uh, thing to do. Would you have Rami Malek come back as a uh, Freddie? Ooh, interesting. Uh, maybe he wasn't my first choice for Freddie. I thought he was fine in that movie. Um, I feel like, 
that would be difficult to navigate because you if you're having Freddie Mercury in a scene, then that's a whole other conversation of like who do you cast? Because that's another iconic role. So I feel like they would have to really be tricky about navigating around that. I do want to say real quick, I'm a dumbass. Uh, the album was not called Starman. I was just thinking of the single from it. Uh, the album was called The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars because naturally. Um, <laughs> but that's a whole other thing too in that he like developed this whole persona of Ziggy Stardust. That would be kind of a big part of the movie um but yeah starman and then like i feel like i would love to see space oddity because that's my favorite bowie song and like that's just such a trippy song you could do some really great visuals with that and you could even explore like his film career you know like uh his role in labyrinth it would be really fun to see jumping ahead to like the prestige i know you would love that i feel like it'd be awesome to to see that um just, I just imagining like a conversation, like breaking the fourth wall of him having a conversation with Christopher Nolan would be super, super funny. Like, I feel like if they played that right, it would be just so cool. Uh, yeah, I, I just I would love that. Um, when, like one thing I would like to see would be like that iconic, super famous uh, interview he had with MTV where he mm. pretty much, just, you know, roasted them. Yes. He's like, you know, y'all don't have a lot of black people on there. <laughs> they were just like, uh, you know, it's like we were rock and roll, and he's and Bowie's just telling them they're idiots, just like yeah. in such a polite way. He's like, well, you know, there's plenty of black artists who are rock and roll artists, and just was like listing people and stuff. He's like, you know, and y'all just don't have them. Yeah, I, I love that interview Amazing. so much. It's 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 just it's it's one of like that's Bowie, like you know, like he was just a very he seemed like a very good person, also. Yeah. And and just has a bunch of layers, but yeah, I would just like to see that because I, just, oh, just I love that when companies have you know are told just how shitty they are sometimes. Yes, one hundred percent. All right, David Bowie, Chris Farley, Sally Ride, very very solid li- list, very good lineup. You got one more spot. What's that last biopic? Man, I am torn between a couple. Um... Okay, I'm going to go with one that's also kind of out there. I still am not sure about it, but it's one where it's like another guy who was just so was is he's still around very active, just such an enigma. And his life has felt like a movie. He's just he has a very specific energy to him. He's also just one of those actors where you either love him or you hate him because you know exactly what you're going to get from him every time. I'm going to go with Nick Cage. I feel like this is just one that has to be made. Like, this is one that he has one of the most interesting careers in Hollywood. Uh, Not the least because he's, like, directly related to Francis Ford Coppola, and he's not, like, just known for that. Like, the fact that I didn't know that for the longest time. I just knew him as Nick Cage, and I knew him as, like, you know, when I was younger, he was just the National Treasure guy. And then, like, getting more into his movies, I knew him as that guy. But I just never connected that um but i feel like just based on damon's reaction alone and just like i'm sure so many people just rolled their eyes listening to this like nick cage you just have a visceral reaction to no matter what because it's nick cage he's just such he's a fucking lunatic and that's why i love him he but also i feel like this is one where it would be really interesting because at this point right now we are at such an interesting point in his career in the fact that he is so self-aware that like the things that he's doing now the choices that he's making are so he's so 
like deliberate about the movies that he's picking now. If you're just looking at the last couple of years, he did Into the Spider-Verse, he did Mandy, and he did just this year, he did Pig, which I maintain the movie Pig is probably one of his best performances ever. He's so good in the movie. I want to see Pig, but hey, don't forget the movie that was the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, ripoff. <laughs> yes, that one too. <laughs> but he just like, it's so funny because you have those and then you also have, what was it called? The like Color Out of Space or like the other ones that he's been making that are just Jiu-Jitsu. utter. <laughs> did you watch Jiu-Jitsu? I did. Yeah. Oh it's... God, I did too. <laughs> yeah that's all we'll say that's the magic though that's the cage magic is like he's doing both at the same time which is nuts he's like putting in like oscar worthy performances like the one in pig and he's also making like direct to dvd left behind movies you know (laughs) like he just knows how to do both and he's just like he has such an interesting energy i don't have any cast members i don't even know if i have a director i just feel like this is one where it's like almost a curse to make because if you make this it's just going to be so hard to do but obviously it would cover his early career right like because he's still very active now so i would want it to be you know maybe 80s 90s um because that's when we're getting like peak cage you know like face off and con air and Nick cage and you could even just you could even cover which uh, kevin smith made a really great documentary about the the superman movie that he was going to make with tim burton um, but you could even cover that because like, that's one of the biggest what is for me, honestly, I know it could honestly be a disaster because Tim Burton making a Superman movie sounds like a, a nightmare. Um, but it's so interesting too. And like, I love the set photos they've released of it. He's got the long hair. So obviously that means they would probably go with a doomsday angle, but I just like, I feel like that could be really cool going into the behind the scenes of that. But I feel like you could also just go into the making of like raising Arizona and con air and just all of his really iconic nineties, Nick cage stuff, you know, just go into his interviews where he would just explode onto the scene and like jump on couches and, and all of that. Like just Nick cage is an enigma. Like maybe that's the title of the movie enigma because he's just, he is, he, he really is. And I feel like, again, at this point in his career, public approval of him i feel like is a lot more positive because he is like so self-referential now like he knows how fucking crazy he was and he still is like he's fully aware of that i feel i I think that like i think i heard the other day on the set of the movie pig he took the entire cast to go see parasite and then he and alex uh wolf who plays the other lead role they like sat in his car after the movie and just talked about it for like hours. And they were late to set for the rest of that day because they were just talking about movies. And so I just feel like he would one would just be a great hang in general. But I just feel like a movie about his life and his career it just is kind of begging to be made, honestly. Like I feel like I don't again, I don't have any specific cast members in mind. I don't have any maybe a, like for a director, maybe you could do someone like the Coen brothers who he did work with for Raising Arizona. And they certainly like have a very d- distinct style to their movies that would maybe work for him. Um, but I just like, yeah, I just Nick Cage, man. He's just so weird. Call it get in the cage or something. I don't know. Like I just like it's just something stupid and I, it would never take itself seriously. I think that's the key is that it would be a comedy. It would never be like this chronicle of this actor who rises to stardom and 
like like an Oscar movie. Like I feel like it that would be a disaster. Just make it a really weird screwball comedy where it's fully acknowledging that Nick Cage is a lunatic and just let him go wild. <laughs> I I mean this is this is truly a Kyle pick and I'm glad <laughs> a Kyle pick in there. I mean, you, me, and and Austin can talk about Nick Cage constantly. It's mainly you two talking about Nick Cage and just <laughs> yeah, this is happening. Um, I love me some Nick Cage. I am not a a cage head as as I would describe you. Um, I still haven't seen Mandy. I'm getting there. I'm working on it. I really want to see Pig. A Nick Cage movie. I feel like I want to see a Nick Cage biopic after he dies. Yeah. I want to see the whole career because uh, I want to see like him going through this resurgence. I want to see like the behind the scenes of him becoming self-aware and, and like getting these movies and really hitting this kind of re- renaissance. I mean, he really is in this like revitalization of his career. I don't think since mistake me if I'm wrong since national treasure, like the sequel, I think that was in like 2008. Mm hmm. Um, since then, he was pretty much on kind of like a dive of just completely terrible movies. Like, oh yeah, I don't think he had a hit until Mandy. It's possible. I mean, he had Spy- Joe. Spider-verse, I think was his was maybe the comeback. What was it? Spy- Spider Verse. Yeah, that, that that and Mandy were the same year. So like, I feel yeah. like 2018 was the really like the comeback for him. Obviously, he was still making movies, but those were the two that were like critically acclaimed you know so like to see like him during that period of like just having these bombs and just like not having you know just to see where he was at and and just to see him come back from that i i I would want to see that but even then a nick cage movie even chronicling chronicling his earlier life would still be fun it'd be a riot would have to be a comedy just kind of out there vibes very weird nick cage is a weird person (laughs) i like this um this this makes perfect sense for you. Uh, we need a Nick Cage movie because he's just weird. Like I want to see, you know, what what was going through his mind when he bought that like big ass mansion, um, and the, like it was a castle, right? It was like a castle that he bought. Yeah, he bought a castle. He bought a uh, crypt in New Orleans. Like, who knows, man? He's on something. <laughs> yeah, you just see how much he uses, like blows his money, and that's why he just keeps making movies. It's just like okay. Well, <laughs> I got no money again. Let me make some more money. Yeah, like that, exactly. I want to see how what he buys because, like, to blow that money is is a, impressive, really. Yeah. Uh, you don't have any idea who you cast as Nick. I really don't. I. <laughs> it's just so. It's so difficult. I mean, I, I. He's just another one. That's kind of the thing with all of these. He's just such an iconic figure. Anyone I pick, it's like the Han Solo problem, right? Like with the Solo movie. Anyone I pick is going to pale to the real thing, just like with Harrison Ford and Han Solo. Um, so maybe just go with an unknown. Like, I'm sure there are a thousand people out there who do, of all the thousands of people who do shitty Nick Cage impressions, I'm sure there's people out there who do really good Nick Cage impressions. So I would love to see someone like that. And even like, this is interesting timing because we're getting a movie next year where he's playing himself. Uh, what's it called? The uh, The unbearable weight of massive talent. You know, the one with him and... Which is a great title, but the one with him and uh, Pedro Pascal. So that's interesting. Like maybe that, that goes like, like the peak of Nick Cage. Like once that happens, like we'll never like go back. Like yeah, that could be like the masterpiece of all masterpieces of Nick Cage. And then right, that's it. 
That's yeah. when the biopic happens after that. Exactly. <laughs> that is a beautiful title. I am so hyped for that movie. Me too. Okay. One more pick. One more break. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome back from break. We are talking about dream biopics. We just uh, talked about a Nick Cage biopic that'll probably never happen, but we can dream. And so we're to the final pick of the draft, Damon's fourth biopic. What you got for us, man? I don't know. <laughs> I have, let's see, I got to take Chris Farley off the board. That would be, that would have been my fourth pick. Mm. I have one, two, three, four, five. I have like eight other options. They're all really good. I could I could go music. A couple of these are music. Another one is definitely not music. More entertainment route. Okay, you know what? I think this would be Nope, I'm going I'm just going to go Damon. I'm going to go with the ultimate Damon pick. So this would maybe not be the most exciting biopic, but I feel like there's so much to unravel and like there's multiple band members still alive that you could talk about and really get some juicy, meaty stuff while also showing some of the more darker elements because definitely some problematic shit with this band. Um, and I'm talking about one of the most popular bands of all time. Uh the best hard rock band of all time, in my opinion. My favorite band of all time. Led Zeppelin. Ooh, okay. Yes. Um, you know, the band from England in the 70s, um, and they were just, like, on top of the world, like, for the 70s, really. Like, up until their drummer, John Bonham, died in a... Well, he did not... Yes, I'm sorry. But um, he didn't die right then. But what happened was the fact that they just couldn't. They were colossal. Yeah. And to show all the different things that they could do, their their songs are amazing. And to see like movie performances of that would be really fun. And maybe how they came up with some of the songs. Um, how maybe they stole some of the songs. I mean, <laughs> Stairway to Heaven is famously, you know, plagiarized. They even said that themselves, that they stole that lot you know riff from another band it, there's a lot you could do with it i just i think uh with a band of that magnitude i think a biopic is like it has enough material to make a really really compelling story i don't even know where to start what to have in there there's so much you could do and leave out i just think that would be pretty epic and i would just love to see like the theatrical shots of like them you know in concert and have that recreated you, you know, I, I don't have any casting ideas at all either. But, yeah, I just feel like we need more big band biopics. And I think we're slowly going to get, you know, have them roll out. We'll get Beatles, Pink Floyd. But I, I really want to see Led Zeppelin. So what do you think? I love it. I I agree. I need more of these. Bio I feel like bio we've been talking about, like, what makes a good biopic. Sometimes they are just really fun when it's just about, like, really messed up stories of people like uh what was the motley crew movie they made uh the dirt yeah i had mixed feelings about it but it certainly was a lot and they tried a lot and i was here for it like 
Machine Gun Kelly was decent. I thought he was fine. Um, but this is kind of like, yeah, this is this would be such a fun biopic because Zeppelin is is truly one of the most iconic rock bands of all time. Um, I think Bono is probably my favorite drummer of all time, maybe. Uh, yeah, I just, this is like, it's it kind of like shocking that there hasn't been one yet made about Led Zeppelin. Um, so this is the perfect time to make one. You know, we've gotten the Bohemian Rhapsody, we've gotten Rocket Man. So we're heading towards that direction. Bohemian Rhapsody was very sanitized and very influenced by the members of Queen. So it was like a very clean version of that story. I feel like with Led, Ze- Led Zeppelin, you can't really do that because like a lot of their history is very messy and very complicated. Um, so I feel like you would need to lean into that, you know, like I just, yeah, just explore all of that messiness and you get a really great story, um, especially because like any one of these guys that you make, like Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, John Bonham, any of them would make for a great biopic alone. But all of them together, it's just such an interesting story. Um, so I'd love to see. I'd love to see the – I feel like my favorite scenes would be the writing. You know, like not the stuff they stole, but like this – you know, like the, the writing of Immigrant Song would be so interesting because that's such a fucking great song. Uh, we're obviously going to talk a lot about this band, spoiler alert, in our Stewards of Sound series. <laughs> They're going to come up a lot. Um, but I mean, like, the 70s, but... Yes, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know that they were your favorite band, but I love that. Um, yes, like, my dad is a Led Zeppelin maniac. Yes. And I, I'm just, I, I love them. Like, they have... They cover like all the genres. It's like I can listen to one album and cover every genre just about. You know, I'm hitting bluegrass, I'm hitting blues, hitting rockabilly, reggae, rock, all of it. It's it's mm-hmm. just a good old time. Okay, favorite Zeppelin song. I'm gonna put you on the spot. <sighs> I'm not telling you, man. I gotta say that. <laughs> That's I'm true. My, 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 <laughs> my strategy. <laughs> okay. I will. I will tell you in a couple of uh, months. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I didn't think about it like that. Um, well, I will say there's a there's tons. Yeah, like I just some of the best are like Bronyar Stomp, Dire Mekar, um, Over the Hills and Far Away, Misty Mountain Hop. I mean, Black Dog, No Quarter, Dazed and Confused, Ramble On, Thank You, The Rain Song. I mean, there's so many songs they have that are just so good. Yeah, I really could listen to like almost all of their discography and just be okay. And I can't say that about a lot of people. So they're definitely my favorite band, even with their skeletons in their closet. Like you know, good old Page keeping a underage girl in his basement. Just yeah. wild, just yeah. wild, man. Crazy stuff. And I feel like that again. That it, it makes for such an interesting biopic. You know, like that's just you. You make a movie like that, and you present all that shit like you put it to the forefront and then like you get you get a director who doesn't take a side and just kind of is impartial about it and shows you all the ugly details and then have the audience make their mind about like what they think of it and it's a really interesting story it really is but i i I do agree i feel like the best scenes would be the cinematic versions of some of these iconic songs because that's what we want and i mean really like it's Crazy, because you have to have some really young people, because Plant and Bonham both were, like, 19 
when they joined Led Zeppelin. That's fucking crazy, man. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's rock star. You know, that's like musicians for you. That's when they hit their peak. Like, they're in their, like, young 20s. That's just when they're on top of the world. And they were, like, the biggest band there for a couple of years. Yeah. So, like, to see that, like, encompassed in the movie, like, just when they were, like, just at that mammoth, massive point before it, like, came down and then Bottom dies in, in 80. And then you go from there. If you want to show, like, what they've done since then, like, I mean, Robert Plant's had himself a, a really interesting second career, you know, a bunch of great songs with, like, Allison Cross and, and you know, touring with, like, Jason Bonham and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things you could do and show, and it, it definitely hinges on what they do and how they do it and who's directing but i would love to see that i would definitely pay money to go see that biopic for sure i love that that's a perfect final pick i mean we've got wow recap the board for us man what's your what's your board look like now so i have summer of frankenstein the mary shelley biopic excelsior the stan lee story doggy style uh narrated by snoop dogg himself and then I got, I, I don't know what you, I don't know. I mean, you could call it like Ramble On or you, you any any of the songs you could go with, you know. You could maybe just go with like Houses of the Holy. That'd be a pretty interesting <sighs> that's title. A great, yeah, that's a great title. Um, but yeah, Led Zeppelin. Uh, what's your board, sir? All right, get ready for some boring as hell titles. Uh, I've got Ride, <laughs> uh, the story of Sally Ride. I've got Farley, the story of Chris Farley. I have got, fuck it, Ziggy Stardust. I think the one that came out was just called Stardust. So, which was a weird choice because we all know one Stardust, and that's the 2007 one. That's a great movie. Uh, and I've got Uncaged because that's a terrible title. Um, yeah, I I love how diverse and like weird and different these boards ended up. I didn't expect any of your four picks and the way you started with Mary Shelley really took me off guard. I was so into it though. Like that's actually, honestly, that's the one I'm most interested in because I just don't know anything about her life and I don't know anything about that, that summer of them, you know, creating Frankenstein. So, Oh man, that's I mean, so interesting. You you have you have Mary Shelley, you have Percy Shelley, you have Lord Byron, who's like their friend, who's there also, who yeah. is also another really big like famous poet, and so like you just have like these very like intelligent, creative young people just just getting fucked up in Switzerland, you know, <laughs> just wasting the summer away, riding, just continuously having these creative brainstorms, I. Like it, it could be done if it's done right. It could be really fun. I'm glad you like that one. I, I'm very proud of that one. I really like the David Bowie one, dude. Um, I, I look, I typed in Ziggy Stardust, but it auto corrected to Soggy Stardust. I don't know <laughs> name of the That's movie the new title. <laughs> um, but that'd be so fun going back and forth between the persona of you know Ziggy and and David and you just like I, I love that i love that idea the chris farley one needs to happen i think i feel most connected to that one mm-hmm. out of all of them and of course the zeppelin one is going to be fun these are all really good i think i'd watch every single one of yours though like i'm really intrigued by the sally ride story because you know i mean i really don't know much about her other than 
the bullet points on the wiki page, wiki page you know? Right. So I'd want to see that fleshed out. Um, you know what time it is, though? What time is it? Honorable mention time. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, you want to go first? You go first. I got to compile my list still. <laughs> okay, so I was very close to picking Fleetwood Mac. <sighs> yeah. That would just be really messy and dra- dramatic. <laughs> I feel like it should happen, but damn, that movie's going to be in just like all over the place. Like, yes. <sighs> you know what? Mc- have, have have Noah Baumbach make it, and then just have him do recreate Marriage Story, but Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> and just have music be like, just like having them like, yeah, after they have like a huge ass fight, and like, yeah, we cheated on each other. Okay, we got to go on stage now and play this love song. <laughs> And just yeah, like exactly. have that, like happen and just like see that like tensity between the two, For that'd sure. be fun. Uh, Vince McMahon, I almost Ooh. went with Vince McMahon. Okay. I just think like I mean he's a polarizing figure. He's not a very good person, but like yeah, what he's done, you know, like just created like this wrestling Goliath. Mm-hmm. It would be a really fun story. See how cutthroat and ruthless he is, and like how he kept going. Uh, Run DMC would be really fun. Yes. I think you need that. Christopher Lee would be a dope-ass biopic. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and then I got, like, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Bill Russell, Bob Marley. Wow. I want to see all of those movies. <laughs> same, same. It was hard choosing. It really, really was. Uh, all right, so what you got? that you almost chose uh so similarly to vince and randy filling out the other half of randy's space cowboys i almost went with bret hart um give me a hitman movie he's my favorite wrestler and i don't know a a lot about the wwe but he's always been my favorite um you could even throw in stuff with his brother owen because i feel like that's a really great story um yeah like the just call it the montreal screw job and i feel like that's a that's a winner right there uh (laughs) I would go with like maybe Morgan Freeman. I feel like that's another one where similar to Nick Cage, you made a great point. Maybe wait till he's passed away because we haven't seen the end of his career yet. Um, Morgan's still very active, so I want to see what what else he does. Um, and then the rest were just very vague ideas. You know, like I also thought of Fleetwood Mac, but I also thought of just a lot of bands from that era. You know, like. There's been so many Beatles movies, but something different would be fun. You know, like we've gotten the same thing over and over again. I loved Yesterday and I, I also love, you know, Across the Universe, but like something actually about the group, it would it'd be tough because John Lennon was a piece of shit. But like, you know, kind of navigating that would be interesting. Um, give us the Yono. Give us like the whole breakup. Like, yeah, just give us the breakup in a movie. Yeah, I think we could do sure. that. I, yeah, if, if that would be the same thing. If they did that unbiased and just showed us the whole story, we could all make up our minds about uh, John, it, which he's a terrible person. But like, yeah. Uh, and then the only other one I really wanted to do, but I just don't I don't know enough about his story was Bruce Springsteen, because I think that he's really unique in that he didn't have like the rock and roll career in that he like he didn't face like drug addiction or like alcoholism or anything. He really just made music 
because he was depressed. Like he grew up a really shy kid at a Catholic school, very repressed until he learned how to play guitar when he was young. And that was kind of his outlet. And I feel like that would be super, super fun. Uh, I love Springsteen. You know, I, I don't listen to his music as much as I used to, but he just always really strikes a chord with me. So I feel like that's another one where he, he could even be heavily involved because he's made a lot of recently made a lot of concert movies. And so, um, yeah, I feel like that would be super fun, but yeah, you could just keep going because there's so many there's so many historical figures and people who just haven't had their story told that deserve it. Like I just that's the perfect biopic is someone who hasn't had their story told and and needs to be celebrated. You know. You know, I was I was going to look up this this super awesome historical figure and then I forgot and I completely remember just now. You know the Chinese pirate leader. Uh, oh. Zay- yes, like yes. her would be amazing yes that'd be such a cool story to see until um yeah but i completely forgot until now wanted to mention that real quick before we get out of here what's your favorite biopic oh god um probably ali maybe it's michael mann and i'm obviously i'm biased but will smith is really good in that movie that or like maybe uh, the disaster artist because that's such a, like that's such an interesting story and James Franco was legitimately fantastic as Tommy Wiseau. I'll hear no arguments otherwise. He's so good in that movie. It's maybe his best performance. What about you? And it will always be his best performance because I don't know if we're gonna. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> um, mine, Walcard, the Dewey Cox story. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Hands down. That's the correct answer. (laughs) All right. I I think we'll end on that one. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, This was super fun. Very, uh, you know, kind of spur of the moment to make sure we kept on schedule. Hopefully this was up to snuff. Y'all enjoyed it. Let us know. Hit us up on social. And, uh, yeah, and check us out for the next episode. What do we got for the people coming up, Kyle? That's right. You're hearing us on Wednesday and you will be hearing us again on Saturday. Two episodes in a week. You're welcome. Uh, We're starting out the Stewards of Sound series with the 1950s. We'll be joined by our good friend Leah. And Ryan is really just vying for that third host spot. This has got to be his like sixth, seventh episode. I don't know, something like that. It's getting up there. But, you know, everyone else is clamoring. We have a Thad episode coming. We have an Olivia episode coming. Yeah. So, uh. You know, we're keeping all of our friends of the pod happy. Exactly. They're, all, they're all the third host. Everyone's the third host. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. See y'all.